Investing in your business can be a wonderful way to grow wealth and live the life you want. That's what I'm doing. But investing in someone else's business can be even better. In my opinion, this is the best way to generate true passive income streams. Through ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you can buy a basket of shares in different companies in one trade. BetaShares offers Australia's broadest range of ETFs, including the Global Cashflow Kings ETF, ticker symbol CFLO, which lets you invest in 200 companies with high levels of free cash flow, such as Visa and Costco, in one ETF. You can learn more about CFLO and the BetaShares fund range by visiting betashares.com.au. Read the PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Welcome to RASC's Australian Business Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who dare to leave the world in a better place and get paid while we do it. This podcast will make you a better business owner, investor, founder, or entrepreneur. If you want to start a business or already have one, please subscribe to the series or share it with your friends, business partner, or colleagues. And don't forget to consider taking our free business course, which includes heaps of templates for creating business plans, HR documents, employee files, all of my software recommendations, and more. The course is completely free and available via the link in your podcast player. Okay, let's get into the episode. Daniel, welcome back to the show, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Jordan, you too, mate. Pleasure. Uh, Today, we're talking about the three biggest traps that business owners find themselves in in year two. We did year one in the previous episode, but the things that apply in this also apply to year one. Like You would want to know these things even if you're in year five, this is all applicable. So if you are interested in just making your business run better, make more profit, all that stuff, this is a great episode. And we did talk about in that first one how these guys have just got into their 13th month at the time of recording. So they have literally been living year one. And as of last month, they went into year two. So when they're now living this. And I got to say, actually, seeing your three points, having lunch with you today, I now realize that... Um, these are the things that we were talking about at lunch. I just had that light bulb moment. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I was like, wow, we really are here. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. living this. Yeah. yeah. So let's just kick things off. The first thing that you've got on your list, these are the traps that a business owner might find themselves in, is neglecting their marketing and advertising. So imagine you're in year two. You've survived year one, so kudos. You guys have. I have. Fortunately, we're here. Yeah. Um, battered and bruised. But you've neglected your marketing and your advertising, you, it's really easy to do. Yeah, that's so true. So what does that mean? How do you know? Like, Even for us, like, it's because it's something that we had absolutely no idea about, like what it is, how to do it, what we should be doing. In year one, it's just like, oh, we'll do this. No. And it just never got done because we didn't know. It's the unknown for so many business owners. Like, where do you start? It's such a big topic. And only recently we've started doing that. Things like SEO, having social media posts for us, doing some podcasts with yourself, Facebook ads, Google ads, depending what you're doing, what your business is. It's just such a big, such a big topic. And there's so many different things you can be doing. People just don't want to do it because they don't know. So it's a tricky one. Yeah, I think we had to take our own advice here as well is take that hat off. I think for me, I was like, oh, how hard could this be? It's just a post on Instagram. It's just, is that? No. There needs to be a strategy. There needs to be some type of planning that goes into this. It's funny you say that. I remember when we're like, even something as simple as posting on Instagram, we're changing the lines and like, what do you reckon? I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. 
<laughs> just no accounting, like, like the colors. And we're just like, oh, just do it. Just post it. Just do something. <laughs> With that approach, we just figured out we weren't doing it. Yeah. We just stopped doing it. You do it once, twice, because there wasn't that sort of that target. So we didn't know what we were doing. So for us, it was really important to, again, reinvest some of that money that we haven't been taking into marketing and let someone else, a professional, help us with it. So you said something there like you didn't know, I think you said you didn't know what you were targeting. So does that mean you you didn't have a clear idea of like what was the objective, like what is our strategy? Is that what you mean? Like for marketing? Yeah, we didn't really have a marketing plan. And that's something that we've only, you know, done recently where we'll determine a spend Whatever it is, each business is, is different. We determined, I think it was a 10% of our revenue. This is what we're going to spend on marketing each month. And, you know, what does that look like? There's SEO, there's Google ads, there's a plethora of things in Facebook ads, Instagram, social media management, email marketing. Creating content. Creating content. Even if you're a service-based business, like something as simple as a letterbox drop. There's so many avenues. There's so many different things you can do. And like... The way that I educated myself with all these different options is YouTube. Like all the information is out there. It really is. And people spend so much time explaining everything. And I think it's really good as a business owner to have an understanding of it all. Even if you don't get the ins and outs of how the SEO works or the ads work, as long as you can have a conversation with someone about it when you go to a marketing agency, that's what you want. You want to be able to understand what's going on. So it's not, you're just paying blindly and hoping for a result, you know, throwing things at the wall and hoping something sticks. It's just... You don't want that. That's right. Because at some point in time, your low-hanging fruit, your leads, which are usually quite hot, they will run out at some point in time. So as the business grows, there needs to be some type of lead generation customers coming through that are not purely based on your network. It's funny you mentioned that. Folks would know that my background's in like the Motley Fool when I studied technology and all that sort of stuff. I was extremely fortunate that I understood this. Like this is something I took for granted. Like people still think, this is the crazy thing I, I find. I was thinking about this in the car riding the way in here today. I was like, people still think that customers buy things for their technical reasons. Like, oh, like this has 10 widgets, therefore I will purchase this. Everyone purchases, in my opinion, based on emotion. And that's the art of marketing. And I, th- I always thought that everyone thought this. So when I was going into finance, like everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, it's got like the best dividend yield and all this stuff. I'm like, no one cares. Like, just tell them how it's going to change their life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, I took that for granted, right? But then I don't know any accounting stuff, right? So that's why I outsource that. So there are things that you should and shouldn't outsource, right? What are you good at? Exactly. You know, where's your time spent? Yeah. Like, it can be spent better if you're a, a fencer on doing, you know, that type of work. Your time is important. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to use your cash to get more time to do more important things for your business. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that's just to about some marketing things that have worked for me, so you don't have to worry about it yourself, is like if you're selling a product, email-based marketing is so powerful. Yeah. Like it's just so much better because you got retargeting and you own the database. If you collect email leads, you own the database. Whereas like Facebook, like you, you kind of just pay money, just kind of like just, in my opinion, just kind of like vanishes into the, <laughs> the, the ether of like of Facebook. Like you don't know. And then you get like likes and follows and you're like, yeah, but they're not customers yet. They're not converting. Yeah. So you got to really be strategic. How did you guys go about finding someone to do this? That was Jordan's job. He was the <laughs> director of marketing for Grace Space <laughs> Advisory. So that was Jordan's job to find someone to help us there. Yeah. I think the method that I use is like, look, I looked at the industry leaders and what they were doing and who they were using and just, I got in touch with them. 
Oh, right. Yeah. So it's like follow the leader type thing. Yeah. And, and Daniel and I really liked this guy's stuff and how he was putting it out and the message he was getting across. And we're like, we want to be doing stuff like that. We want to be targeting the clients that he's targeting and putting out content like he's putting out. So we approached that marketing agency and it's like, look, this is what we want to do. You know, obviously we're a bit different, but this is the sort of vibe that we want to put across to our clients. This is a message we want to put across. So that's how we found um, who we we're going to work with. But, you know, even before that, we educated ourselves in all the different methods because what you find with a lot of these agencies- Air is, quotes, yeah. <laughs> air quotes, sorry. Yeah. Air quotes is like, sometimes I've heard stories from clients and I've heard stories online that like, they'll charge a lot of money and yeah, there's no outcome. Do you know what I mean? So like, it's important that you understand so you can have that conversation with them. So you're not just, you know, throwing money away because it can become a pit very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's one of the scary things of a lot of things that we do in business. You actually do have to know the basics because otherwise you're just going to get like the wool pulled over your eyes. You are not going to know. Yeah. They're going to sell you some crap that you'd never know. I see that happen all the time where there's non- technical people going into a technical meeting and they just for maybe it's their time constraints I don't know what it is but they just don't put in the time to have even a basic understanding I just go and read a couple blog posts about marketing before you meet with a marketing team watch a YouTube video it's yeah. all on YouTube yeah yeah. the content's so good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and there's so much yeah yeah absolutely so uh, you, you need to educate yourself yeah and there's some great books out there on this topic by the way I love if you're running a content related business anything like even a, something like this you want to do a podcast or write emails or however you market Look at um, Seth Godin's book, Permission Marketing. I think I mentioned that in the series previously, but Permission Marketing. Uh, there's another book if you want to get really good at emails called Email Rules. It's like email rules, like a thousand hacks or something about email, which is really cool because one of the things that I learned in that book is, well, there's a few things. There's a lot of rules. Uh, <laughs> but one of them is that email is where people do business. If you think about it, like you go into your inbox to do business. You receive emails from businesses. You send emails for business. We're seeing it more, but you don't necessarily do that on Facebook Messenger. You know, so that's kind of the key distinction. I tell all my clients, if they send me a text, Messenger, whatever it is, if it's something work-related, so you've got to email it. Yeah. Email it to me or it will get lost. It will not get done. Well, I need it via email. Everything happens there. One of the things, I read this book about five years ago. One of the things that the author, I can't remember the name, he said that he believed that email was going to turn into basically a website being sent. So like the email could be like you could click and you could see things moving. It's just like when you see, like you go to Google browser and you look at things or Chrome and you go to a website, it moves, you can click on things. That's his belief is like where email could go. Which I thought was like really cool because we're seeing that already. Like in Gmail, I don't know if you guys know this or even I'm sure Microsoft has the same thing. You can actually send your marketing emails now from Gmail. So you don't even need to get a third party. So no MailChimp or anything? No, nah, like it's that. got like a um, thing that's got like templates right. and you can just click add email templates and it sends like a marketing email. Oh, no way. Yeah. And it sends like the whole BCC does it all for you. Well, that's what we're doing tonight. Have a look (laughs) at that function. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's cool. But that's like, like learning like little things like that and just, you don't need, like that was a really thick book but you can hear a lot of that stuff on YouTube. Like Gary Vee and all those guys like talking about this stuff. So that's cool. So neglecting marketing and advertising would be different for every business. Yeah. Just get creative, I'd say. Try it. If it doesn't work, go back. I think what you said as well about the going over your current client list. Like it's so important. They're all warm leads. No matter what you do, it's important to constantly be revisiting that and, and email is the way. Like anyone can do that no matter what your business is. Like that can be something that someone can, you know, listen and execute as soon as you finish listening to the podcast. So I think that's a really good place to start. And the thing is like, we're just talking off air about how like hard it is to market your own business. The thing is, 
you got to get over that. Like I, I still struggle with it, but you've just got to do it. You just got to say it. Bite the bullet. You got to go in the ring and you got to be the one that makes a fool of yourself. You just got to do it. This is the thing in a business. If you're not going to do it, no one else is, unless they're like, you incentivize them really well. You got to do it. You got to be the one that leads by example. So that's good one. Number two on the list of three things that get you into trouble in the second year of business is staying the technician. We defined that a technician, Daniel, I think you said it was like someone that just is basically like an employee. Spot on. So they stay as a technician in year two. That, that, that's the risk. So what does that mean? More or less, you've formed your habits. You've got comfortable creating you know, the process or whatever your, your sellable object is, whether it's a service or a goods, and you stay that way. You're not going to grow. There is not going to be any additional value added to your business. This is where you know creating processes, having operational plans becomes so important because you want to be able to get people or automated systems in place to be able to help you speed that up so you can the volume you output increases. That is the only way you're going to get more revenue a lot of the times, especially with businesses heading into the second year. Yeah. That's so important. Like when did you guys find time to do this? So what I mean is like for me, I'm like, oh, what do you mean I need to write like a so we use Notion to like store all of our docs or occasionally Google Doc it was like extra long. And it'd be like step one, click this button. Step two, add this here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have to go through this because it's not for me. It's for the next person. I'm like, oh, this is so boring. I could be like doing something. Um, when do you guys find time to do that? And how did you find time? To At, do night. That? <laughs> At night. When yeah. most people were sleeping, that's when we were doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And we also hired early. We had someone come in early and my job, I was sort of the operations manager at that point in time. I was writing it with the employee. As I was explaining things, I was writing it. And then I would provide it to an employee and said, what do you think? If you were given a task and this is all I gave you to do the task, would you be able to do it without asking any questions? And from there, we started refining our process. Yeah. And I think it's not just for our industry. Like if you're a creative or you're an agency, there's always going to be standard op- standard ways of doing things. And the sooner you invest time to create a process, the better because it means you can take a step back as soon as you hire someone. You don't have to spend X amount of time training someone when they come on. You have your standard operating procedure. You know, you give it to them. Any questions? Cool. Obviously, you know, you're going to train and whatnot, but it's really good as a starting point. So that's something that Mr. Operations here. <laughs> well, now our employees teach the other employees. Yeah. Yeah. They've gone through the process with us and now they're just relaying it. And all we do is touch base. We refine, we go over, we evaluate how it's working. Do we need adjustments? If we notice there's discrepancies, we say, is there something we can do better? How do we adjust this to avoid this from happening in the future? Yeah. And and just to sort of tie back to the, the whole staying a technician, people get in the groove of, oh, this is good. The expectation that it's going to just be the same works and keep coming in and people are comfortable. But in order to go to that next step, you need to identify that there's other aspects of the business, especially in you too, because if you find that you keep forming these habits of, I'm just going to go to work, produce the good, produce the service, and that's it, become a cycle very quickly and a year can go past two years, three years. So it's really important to identify that there's so many different aspects of business, regardless of what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. I started as a technician. I still am a big technician, but like one of my goals this year is work-life balance. I think you know you're spiraling. And if you end up, like we were saying before, it's like a treadmill. If you're the only one that's pedaling that thing, 
you're going to have to stay on it forever. So you've got to find a way to get off it. And for me, that's my goal this year. It's like, I was saying to you guys, like I was working with my business or life coach. I was like, you know, maybe I'll go to four days a week, get work-life balance. And I was like, actually, no, I love what I do. I don't want to go to four days. I don't. I just flat out, this is what I do. It's what I love doing. But the thing that I don't like is I don't like the constant pressure of having to be the one that is on the tools constantly. So I'm going to try and hire into that. It's going to be expensive. I'm going to sacrifice some profit. I'm not going to lie. But it has to happen. From Like my mental health, as someone has been doing this for a long time now, it's got to happen. I think a lot of people find themselves in that situation. Well, there's a cost to everything, right? So even if you're going to do it yourself, you're costing yourself the time or the opportunities or the events with sort of the things you value, whether it's your family, your friends, outing, spending time with people, there's still a cost. It may not be monetary, but there is still a price you have to pay. Yeah, absolutely. Number three on the list is focus slash shiny object syndrome. So the first one was neglecting marketing and advertising. The second one was staying a technician, getting bogged down in the tools. The third one is like, I feel like it could also be called empire building. Maybe I'm very much guilty of this, but maybe I'll let you guys define it and then I'll explain how I'm guilty of it. Who wants to take a stab at like, what does this actually mean? Like if you, you need focus, shiny objects. I want to hear your empire story. You want to hear it? <laughs> well, so this is the thing, right? When, uh, when I started the business many years ago, like obviously now people know us, we do like podcasts, education. Uh, we've got memberships. Like we do like videos, social media, live shows, events. The list goes on and on and on. And I was telling you guys, I was on a plane ride back from Sydney and a guy asked me like, oh, what do you guys do? And I was like, we're going to need the whole hour. And by the end of it, he was calling me a stock promoter. And I was like, that is the least like accurate description I've ever heard of what we do. But this is a, it's a reflection of all the stuff that we do. So I, I kind of made a decision earlier on. And this is like, I don't know what this is, but I was like, you know what? Like we could do one thing really well or we could do all of them at the same time. <laughs> and I had this attitude of like, yeah, we'll just do it and see what happens. And I was very fortunate that I built things which seemed to work. So I had the hard choice of like, I don't want to cut something. I felt like emotionally attached. But if I had my time again, I wouldn't have done that. I would have cut things. I would have cut the things that we, even though we have them today, I would have cut them years ago. Like I'll give you an example. So we have two websites that do news. One of them does just news on exchange traded funds, which we were on really early. Identified that like 10 years ago is going to be the thing. So that's great. But then I have another one that does the same thing, but for just the stock market generally. So I've got two things doing very much the same things, but targeting different stuff. Why wouldn't I just have one? The thing is both of them early on were really good and they both had like really good traction, really good viewership. So they were working. But then what happened is as we scaled, like I had 10 freelancers on one and none on the other because I didn't have enough time. So the other one just became a distraction. And here we are with like two that could probably be better as one. And that's my example. And I remember I went to my old boss and he's so like, he's just one of those guys that just like, you can just like see through all of the words that you just said to him. And he sees like the one thing and he's like, this is my one word focus. And I was like, so true. Like so true. I had so many object syndrome and I still have it a bit today, to be honest. Yeah. So that's yeah. my story. That's my rant. I like it. That's the thing. Things come up. You're like, oh, I like that. Well, maybe we should do that. And we've done that. Yeah. We're guilty of that as well. For us, the probably the closest example to that was our lease was ending and we were like, oh, we found this really cool place. <laughs> Amazing. And then you start breaking down. Oh, we can sort of afford it. We can afford this definitely. Then you start breaking down the costs for fit out, for this, for that, for this, for that. We're like, okay, what are we going to get out of it? Absolutely nothing. nothing. 
yep. lose my hair quicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's already coming out. It sort of ties into sort of focusing on a goal. That's where, that, again, that goal setting comes really, really important. So that if there's going to be a spend of any sort, any type of investment, there's got to be some type of return there. It's got to be for a purpose. Mm. And we can all get caught up in it, especially if the resources are there. Let's say you've had a fantastic year one, you've taken all our tips, all your accountant's <laughs> tips, yeah. and you've got a bit of money saved up. You've got a plan. You sort of know where you want to go. And then this amazing opportunity is mm. lighting up. You want to take it. The bright lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's where it's important to sort of yeah. take a step back and go, okay, what am I getting out of this? What is the purpose of this? Yeah, you can't forget where you've put the goalposts. It's really important because, you know, year one, year two, year 20, not, not, I'm sure it comes up. Like new things come up all the time. It's just maintain that focus, tunnel vision, stay in your lane, keep doing your thing. You guys are really fortunate. I always look at businesses that have two people running the business. And I'm like, oh, that'd just be so good. I know there are challenges, obviously. But um, I always look at them like, oh, so good. I actually, so no one, I've never said this publicly, but I actually offered 10% of the company to free to someone who was already working with me just because. Turns out she didn't take it. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that worked out. <laughs> but um, I mean, I knew, just knew that it, even if, if I could do that, it would have aligned her to me and the business and we could have really, it's just brilliant anyway, but it would have made it just like incredible. And I'm very fortunate that I have people in the team who call my shit. Like they're like, nah, doesn't make sense. I've told you guys before, like doesn't make sense. And everyone can come up and say that because no one believes your idea more than you do. Like it's <laughs> like no one can ever believe your idea more than you do. So when you are the business owner and you're like flying through this like whirlwind, you're just like, oh, I'll go over there. I'll do that thing. And you need someone just to be like, whoa, stop. And getting that candidate advice is so important, that feedback. I'm just thinking as, we were, as you were talking through that, Daniel, about like the office space, I'm just thinking, wait a second. <laughs> I'm still doing this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I honestly am. Uh, so, <laughs> not with an office, but we're selling house. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Um, go, live. Yeah, yeah. So this is year five. So year five advice is also the same as year two. Um, so just to recap here, we've got neglecting marketing and advertising, staying the technician, which we'll, we'll repeat again and again and again. The focus slash shiny object syndrome is number three. If you want to get in touch with Gray Space Advisory, Daniel and Jordan in Sydney or around Australia, they will do Zoom calls. They'll do everything. There's a link in the show notes. If you want to get a business health check from these guys, you'll find all of the information on the landing page, including a way to book in. I saw Jordan's name on there. So he's the, the lucky one for this. Yeah, to be speaking to Jordan. So go into the link. You'll get in touch with the Gray Space team and hear from these guys and they'll give you one-on-one advice on how to structure your business, how to grow your business, so on and so forth. And as always, you can ask a question by heading to the show notes or even in your podcast player. There's a thing that says, ask a question. Just click on that bad boy and select the Australian business podcast. We're going to start answering your questions. So please jump on that and say good day. Daniel, Jordan, thanks for joining me. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. If you're a small business owner or an expert like an accountant, 
lawyer, investor, or entrepreneur, I want to hear from you. I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do with this podcast series, so I'm looking for sponsors as well as potential co-hosts, and of course, I'm eager to invest in businesses run by talented people. If you're looking for a supporter or advisor, a silent partner, or even an investor to support your growth, I can help. Please contact me via the RASC website. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.